Hey guys, and welcome back to the Finding Your Freedom podcast. (sighs) I am so happy to have you guys here. My breathing right there probably sounded very strange, but I don't care. I'm seriously so happy to have you guys here and just so grateful for being able to have this platform and speaking to you guys and sharing my lessons and things I've learned and just helping us all become a little bit more free from the inside out, (laughs) free your mind, free your life. I should put that on a shirt or something. But anyway, I just wanted to say again that I am so grateful for this. I did a little Instagram live today and yeah, just talked about how grateful I am for this podcast and just being able to share messages that make people feel like they're not alone, that give them advice or direction or, you know, whatever they're needing. And yeah, I'm just super passionate about this and I'm so excited that I started this and that my soul chose this and yeah. I said this today, but this is the best thing that I've ever done, that I've ever created, and it just feels so right, and I'm just so happy that it got started and so excited to see the podcast grow and bloom, and yeah, I had some really exciting guests this summer, and things have been a little little wild, which I'll talk about for a second. Um, since July. Um, So I'm hoping things will start to slow down a little bit more and I can work on growing the podcast more and getting you guys some more incredible guests and, you know, maybe, maybe getting some ads up on here and having some ads for some great products and getting you guys discount codes and all of that fun podcast stuff. So yeah, I'm just really excited to have the podcast grow and to eventually offer some other some other offerings from the podcast which have been on my mind and on my heart and I really really cannot wait to offer them cannot wait so yeah just with that said as far as (laughs) I guess only two or so I was going to say two or so podcasts coming out in August, which is true, but this is not August anymore. It is September. Um, and it's also my birthday this Saturday. So this is the last podcast of me recording being 23. And it's really funny because I even like, I guess a week ago, Um, But like the past month or so and this summer in general, I felt really weird about my birthday and not ready to turn 24 and kind of all of these emotions. And I don't know, something happened this weekend of just the chaos and getting through all the all the stuff with moving and just coming to a new living situation and different things. And it's like something just shifted internally for me and I just I feel really ready for 24 and hopefully next week to share um an episode on getting through 
the rest of this year and the pandemic and how to, you know, how to take this time and grow from it and feel all the feelings and all of that stuff and maybe um, some reflections from 23 and things that I've learned. So yeah, I think there will be a lot of exciting stuff to come and really excited to dive into that more have some great guests, talk more about sexuality and body image and spirituality and, you know, being in your power and finding your freedom and, you know, all the things I love to talk about. But boy, has it been an emotional whirlwind day for me. It has been, it has been crazy today in the past couple months, but I can tell you what, this podcast and being of service and interviews and connecting with people makes makes it all worth it yeah yeah I guess I'll give a little little life update even though this intro has already been pretty long um and then we'll get into get into the show but yeah so life update I moved into my new place in Boston and yeah, the place that I'll be for, you know, dot, dot, dot. Who knows how long I'll live here. Um, yeah, and that feels really good. It feels really good to feel like I can finally start my life in Boston and kind of move past the false start feeling that I had here and just get into a better, better energy space in terms of my living situation. So that is all really great. Um, Yeah, and just been reflecting a lot on what I've learned this summer and kind of the purpose of this false start and yeah, getting answers on that. So yeah, I think with that, there's, there's this interesting dichotomy of feeling really great to be grounded, but also this feeling that I guess I don't feel completely in my heart right now, but this feeling I've been grappling with of um, like almost this fear of being settled because I've been so on the go in the past two years and um, just, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times, but just this like intense, um, this intense sadness <laughs> for New Orleans and longing and just missing that city and how much I felt at home there. And yeah, I'm very much, as a lot of us are, I'm very much in this place of not completely knowing, you know, the next step and, you know, not knowing where I'll end up after this next chapter or where I want to be or exactly what that's going to look like. Um, You know, I learned a lot from my master's and I'm learning a lot from this experience, not just about what I want to do, but also about, you know, how much place matters to me and um, what places I want to be and how much New Orleans means to me and, you know, potentially living and building a life there at some point in my future. But yeah, it's all very open. It's all very kind of in the dark right now. And I'm trying to trying to be okay with that and be okay with the pandemic and be okay with things looking different and the timelines that I had not completely working out but it's hard it's definitely hard so with that in this very 
very i'm saying very long it probably could have been longer to be honest but long intro i will introduce you to today's guest so today on the podcast we have michaela cowden and i am so excited for this episode i've been feeling a million emotions overwhelmed and sad and so many things especially in the wake of my birthday and yeah I think this episode will just be a really great thing for all of us during this time so Michaela Cowden is a modern day priestess helping heal the collective by guiding the everyday human back to their own divinity. She specializes in teaching women how to anchor into their sacred feminine energy by way of pleasure, currently leading to online courses, Soaking Wet, an introduction into pleasure, and a three-month pleasure intensive designed to bring about deep healing and awakening through pleasure. Michaela is the living example of the work she teaches, having gone first and done the work through her own exploration and ultimate expansion with pleasure. But if there's one thing she wants everyone to know, it's that our work is never finished. No no matter how many crystals we collect, salt baths we take, or plant medicine trips through the astral plane we embark on, we are all still humans on planet Earth and there will always be new layers to shed to bring us deeper into who we are at our core, our soul, our truest self. Uh, Just like reading that, um, that intro just like so deeply lands for me and uh, just getting on the sacred space of the podcast just really allows me to connect to my truest self and I'm thinking this week that I might actually record an episode on some reflections for 23 and maybe release two this week or release that for next week and record it before I turn 24 but I will let you guys know um but yeah thank you guys for tuning in and now let's get into the episode with Michaela So the first question that I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Oh, finding my freedom from lately. I would say I'm finding my freedom in reclaiming my own power. And so I'll kind of elaborate on that. I recently spent like a three-day getaway self-care immersion with myself in Sedona And, uh, one of the treatments that I like gifted myself while I was up there was like a chakra Reiki infused type treatment. And in that treatment, she, the, um, 
energy worker, therapist, whatever her title is, she was, she presented me with a, a bunch of oils and she had me smell the different oils and based on which one was like the most fuck yes in my body, it like correlated to a specific chakra. And so what was the most um, landing for me was one that correlated to my solar plexus. And what she was really picking up on was all the ways in which I have given my power away in the past and am still not fully stepping into my power. And that's leading to feelings of anxiety or not feeling safe, right? Because it's like that control over myself and my body is, I'm giving that away. Um, and so at first it didn't really make sense to me because I was like, I view myself as such a powerful woman, like what the hell? But really as I reflect on what's been coming up for me and reliving past traumas and healing and pushing through all of that, I'm like, actually it makes a ton of sense because in, in that relationship, in my past relationship, that's really unearthing itself right now um, because my soul is able to handle it and process that trauma. I realized that within that time period, like all my power was given away to a person. And so it's like, I'm going back to the foundation of where my power was taken from me and, and reclaiming it back. Right. Cause it's like, I've built all this power since then, but I never fixed the foundation. And so I'm really finding my freedom now in now that I have this awareness of where I initially gave my power away and I'm intentionally reclaiming it and intentionally able to live into like even just snap decisions of like what is the most empowered version of showing up in this experience right now like knowing that in the past I've given my power away I get to trust and lean into um, truly living in my power in that moment and I've been finding so much freedom in that and that, that experience was only like a week and a half ago. Like it's, it's so crazy, like how quickly things can change and evolve, but, um, and just how much growth I've seen within myself and my ability to expand myself in just the last week and a half in choosing my freedom from like reclaiming my power. Definitely. And I love that answer. And I, I can think of similarities to things I've kind of been going through lately as well just with it's one thing to like claim your power in the present moment but I I think I realized kind of during this quarantine as well that I hadn't kind of gone back to the past traumas yeah past um like sexual assault traumas and claimed like the inner teenager that needed to know that she needed to know that she was enough then she needed to know that she should have been heard then yep I'd never done the work to kind of tell her and fight for her what she needed in that moment I was so in so in the present which is usually good but I actually needed to go back and work through that to be free in the Mm -hmm. present yeah I mean I'm I've been presented with this um past relationship it came to me like two, two months ago in like a crazy triggering experience. I don't know if you saw my post where I shared about it. Like I listened to this, this song just randomly came on. I wasn't expecting it. It was my ringtone at the time of during that relationship. This relationship ended over 10 years ago at this point, but it triggered something so intensely within my body. And, um, yeah, it's like, I was smacked with 
what I still get to heal, what I get to go back and, and, you know, love and nurture my 14, 15, 16 year old self. Um, Cause like I said, that's really the foundation and we've got to make sure like the foundation's strong before we can build something upon it. That's really set up for success in the future. Yeah. I think during this quarantine for me, it's been a lot of places where I thought, Oh, like I've, I've healed that or I've worked through that and it's come back up like, no bitch, you've yes. not healed that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I had this, that. <laughs> I had this same experience. I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't think about this person ever. I thought I met like the love of my life in relationships after him. Like it made no sense to me, but then really in reflection, I'm like, oh, this actually makes all the sense in the world. So isn't it just funny how like our souls know better? Definitely. And yeah, I've, for me during quarantine, there's just been like a lot of stuff surrounding like sexual trauma and be feeling safe mm. in my body that has come up yep. for me. And it, like the amount of reminders I've been getting in my life about that have just been like absolutely insane. Yep. I'm like, I hear it. I hear it. You know, yep. like I'm listening. I promise. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's been a big journey for me too. Like safety is very big for me. And another thing that came up for me in my trip in Sedona, because I just had an experience that like literally threw it in my face and it was so clear to see is that I tend to run in a lot of areas in my life. Like when I feel uneasy, anxious, um, unsafe, like my instinct is to run or retreat. And I had to really ask myself like, what am I running to when I have that impulse? And I realized that I'm running to safety. I'm running to comfort. Like in a like easy example, when I thought I was going to go into a full-blown panic attack the first night I was in Sedona, I it took everything in me not to get into my car and drive the two hours right back home. It took everything in me. And I had to ask myself like, well, what was I running to? Oh, it's because I feel safe in my home, you know, two hours back in Phoenix. And then I realized like in this relationship I've been a part of for the last four months, every time this person triggers me, I want to distance myself and run away. Why is that? Well, it's because when I'm by myself, like no one can hurt me. Like no one, I, I don't open myself up to be vulnerable and um, there's not the possibility of things not working out or my fears being realized or anything like that. And so that's also been really eye-opening for me is like, Look, taking a look at all the ways in which I run in my life and intentionally stopping myself because I it presented itself so many ways that weekend in Sedona. But I when I didn't run, when I forced myself to stay, I ended up having the most beautiful experience. And so it's like, oh, this is so clear as day that like when I just sit in the discomfort and see it through rather than running to my safety or comfort zone, um, look at what beauty <laughs> comes of it. And, and I also like really had the hit of, I don't need to stress about safety. Like safety is always there. Safety is always available within me and that I'm like so divinely held and protected. Um, and so maybe that's something that you can really tune into as well. But like safety is always available to you. Yeah. The, the running and the the need for safety I definitely relate to um yeah I when I was kind of like having my my spiritual awakening 
um, process, I planned to move to San Diego from mm-hmm. East Coast and literally packed up everything in my car and just like started driving to San Diego. Um, and then I didn't want to stay in San Diego and then I drove back. Um, and I actually waited on going to San Diego a little bit longer um, because I realized then even the pattern that I had of running. And I've noticed with like the discomfort with quarantine and feeling really restricted, especially in the Northeast as far as like the regulations. Yeah. um, I've just had this feeling of like, I want to run, like I want to go somewhere, like Mm. I just need to get out. And I've been kind of like checking back in myself with myself, like, is this real or is this because I don't feel safe? And all the times it's because I'm overwhelmed or I'm not feeling safe and I'm not feeling at home in my body. It's not really that I need to do anything or go anywhere. Yeah. Running feels safe. Yeah. And just even having that awareness and that ability to like check ourselves, I think that's so key because I have myself doing that too. Like when I'll get triggered by certain things and want to go then have a clearing conversation over it, like about it so that like I can feel at peace. I can understand where this person's coming from. What I've actually been realizing or having the experience of in the last couple of weeks is like, why do I want to go have this conversation? It's because I want some sort of reassurance and some sort of validation from someone other than myself. And I've just had like the, the understanding of like, you don't need to have this conversation, not because your voice or your feelings aren't valid or they don't get to be heard, but you don't need someone else's reassurance. You don't need someone else's validation of like, oh, this is triggering feelings of unworthiness within you or not being good enough. Like I don't need someone else to then validate that and tell me, oh, this is what it was. And then in their explanation, that makes me feel beautiful or validated or reassured. Like I don't need to have that conversation. I don't need to be giving my power to someone else in that way. I get to just go through my emotional process, right? Like feel the unworthiness, feel the pit in your stomach, feel all that shit and allow myself to release it. But self-soothe, honestly, like rather than going to someone else for that soothing, I can give that to myself and know that I'm able to validate my own experience, my own existence, my own worthiness, my own looks, my own everything. I can validate that. And I don't need to go then have that conversation with someone else in order to have it. Yeah, I think something that I've kind of picked up a lot with being triggered is that I used to always, I guess, be excited. Oh, I noticed I'm triggered. Mm. I'm so aware. But now I'm going to yes. do something about it, not yes. it with the trigger. Yes. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, like maybe the op- like the option that I'm choosing of just, oh, I'm triggered, delete that. Maybe that's yep. not the best thing, actually. For right. Me. And I realized with myself kind of around, around sex, like after I would have sex or something, I would like feel bad about it and be like, oh, like, I'm just not supposed Mm -hmm. to like do it in this way or with this person. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, that's actually not right. This is just old shame. Yes. Old, old shame. And I need to delete the shame and sit in the shame, not the person or the experience. Yep. So it has been coming up for me. Isn't it beautiful to see the evolution though? Because it's like, okay, what do most asleep people do? When they're triggered, they react. Like they're, they're not even understanding that they're triggered. It's like, you're pissing me off and I'm going to yell at you for it. And I'm going to have a full blown emotional reaction. 
And then it's like you come into your awakening and you realize that like, oh, triggers are actually my guides. They're showing me what I get to work on and all that stuff. And we think that we can have like a beautiful, calm, conscious conversation with around the trigger with the person who triggered us. And sometimes that's totally valid. And sometimes those conversations need to be had. But again, it's still, like I said, going to someone else for that reassurance or that validation as to what wound is being triggered versus kind of stepping into, oh, does this conversation actually need to even be had? Like, can I just self-soothe in this moment? Can I be my own permission? Can I be my own power? All those things. Um, so it's really cool to like look at the journey of, um, yeah, like higher levels of consciousness, if you will. Yeah. And it's, it's like giving yourself permission and not mm. having to do something to get permission to, I think kind of relating back to my body, I can remember feeling, um, just like bad feelings about my body sometimes. And then thinking like, oh, well, if I just go on a run, then I'll feel yeah. Yep. feel better even though nothing would change and versus like no I don't need to do anything I don't need to go yeah. on, I don't need to do anything I just need to look at them in myself in the mirror right now and tell myself that I look fucking beautiful and yeah. I don't need to do anything yes. yep and I think that has been super empowering but oh, 100% going back to what you said about <laughs> awake versus asleep people I'd love to hear kind of your experience of awakening and how you kind mm. of transitioned into this work. So, and I say that truly like in no judgment, I, I practice like radical empathy, radical compassion, radical understanding in, in knowing that every single person has their own soul journey. Like, so what someone else is here and functioning as and behaving as and all like, I literally don't care, not because I don't love that person or want the best for them or anything, but it's just like, that's their journey. It's not mine. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. And so, you know, if I say someone's asleep or whatever, it's like, again, there's, there's no emotion behind that. It's just like very frankly calling things what they are. Um, but yeah, I, I, grew up in, I think, a household that I would say most people probably identify with, like one where, I mean, I grew up in like the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in an upper middle class area. Um, I went to school, I got good grades, I was funneled into college, went to an amazing college, um, had an amazing education, I double majored in biology and psychology, I thought I was on my way to med school, like all these things, because that's just how I was funneled. That's what I was conditioned to believe was right and successful. And truly my, my thought process in picking that path for myself was, okay, I'm really smart. And what's a successful career that I could be good at utilizing my talents and my natural intelligence? I can be a doctor. Let's go do that. And yes, I love science. Like I geek out on science. I love the human body, obviously. And it's nice to have that foundation with um, what I've kind of turned into and in, in helping women tune back into their bodies and understanding, um, you know, everything that goes into that. But 
that was just such an, uh, an asleep decision that I made. There was no checking in with my soul and what I wanted or what was best for me. It was like, this is what society thinks is successful and will make my parents really happy and will make me a good living and a comfortable life. And then when I was a junior in college, I was, are you hearing it come through when my emails click up or is it? No, I'm not. Okay, good. All right. Sorry. I'm like, let me just make sure. Cause uh, I want to make sure it's not messing up any of this. But when I was a junior in college, I was introduced to a network marketing company that was focused around health and wellness and just being introduced to that type of like different lifestyle of people who were killing it in the online entrepreneurial space. And that was the first time I was introduced to personal development, right? Like I didn't grow up in a household that taught me about self-love or sacred sexuality or um, working with your, your deep wounds or your unworthiness or any, your inner child, like that, it just, it didn't exist. And um, so yeah, having, being in a space where um, so much personal development was intertwined with people going after their career goals or like their entrepreneurial aspirations, that was really my first exposure to it. And I'm obviously not involved in network marketing with my own business, but I'm forever grateful for that exposure in my life and what that taught me and what that opened up for me. Like I reflect on that time and it was truly the catalyst to the rest of my life, like my awakening, if you will. And I, when I graduated college, I, oh, my parents were so pissed at me. I retracted all of my applications to, um, continue my education. I decided I was not going to PA school, not going to med school, not doing anything in the medical profession. And I went and visited one of my girlfriends who lived in San Diego at the time, came back to Pittsburgh. And literally two weeks later, my car was packed. It was scheduled to get shipped across the country. I had a one-way ticket booked. And my ass was moving to San Diego. Like I just, I did it. And my parents, the night before I moved, they sat me down in our family room and said, Michaela, we think you're making a really stupid decision. We don't support this decision. You make this move. You're on your own. Don't call us if you run out of money, if you need help, if you need to come home, if a family member gets sick, you are on your own. And I was just like, Okay. And, and <laughs> this is where like sometimes like the Lord just moves you because I had no plan. My plan was having no plan and trusting that everything would take care of itself. And having the spiritual relationship I have with God now, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally fuck with that. But at the time I was 22 and just super naive and literally didn't know shit. But like, that's what I was going with. And my um, smug ass, I put my hand out to my dad and I said, I will have a job within two weeks of moving out to San Diego. Shake my hand. 
And he was like, I don't need to shake your hand. Like, it was just a no. And so, but I was like, whatever. I was just so confident in that move and knowing that for whatever reason, like my entire being was being pulled to San Diego. And what I now realized was that creating that physical space, literally the entire country, that physical space between me and the environment that I grew up in, the environment that conditioned me into being the human I was up until that point, that that was like everything. That gave me the freedom, right? Like staying on theme here, that gave me the freedom to figure life out on my own and what felt best for me and not have to worry about seeing my parents and answering to them the next day or even a week from that. Like I now see my family a couple times a year and that's if I choose to, right? Like, and it's not because I don't love my family. I love them to death. There's absolutely nothing I wouldn't do for them. But having that true physical space gave me the freedom to figure life out on my own and, um, gave me the added confidence of, right? Like some things that I was taught to believe growing up, I completely got rid of. Threw in the trash, never looked back. But some things I have kept and some things I have held on to, and some things are really a foundation of who I am as a person. And I can feel really confident about that because I know that I've gone out and tested the waters a hundred percent on my own. And so what sticks is meant to stick. What's here now is meant to be here. And I think that that's huge in coming into your own awakening and having that experience yourself is giving yourself the separation from the environment that conditioned you, from the environment that raised you. And I see many people not being willing to do that because it's uncomfortable, it's scary, it's what if I fail? It, I mean, it takes you so far out of your comfort zone. Um, but, you know, my, my soul was never meant to. <laughs> and again, we're back to the soul journeys. This is just my soul journey, right? Not everyone is meant to come into their spiritual awakening. Not everyone is meant to go do crazy things that are going to shift and change the earth. Does everyone have that ability? Yes. Does everyone have those beautiful, divinely inspired gifts? Yes. But not everyone's going to tap into them in this lifetime. And that's okay. The world, it takes all kinds of kinds. But for me and what I see that really allows people to step into their awakening is coming back to themselves and shedding themselves of the conditioning that was placed upon them growing up. Um, because all that does is just quiet and, and completely stifle your, your connection with yourself and your own um, divine knowing. Like one thing I say to a lot of my clients is, is like your life's mission, if you're in this work, it gets to be just coming more into yourself. It's not to learn how to lose a bunch of weight if that's someone's goal. It's not to learn how to feel sexy in their body. It's like, it's none of those things. Those are all just surface level things. If you really look at it, it's how to come into the deepest, loving, nurturing connection with yourself. Because when you have that channel wide, busted wide open, every other thing, it just like takes care of itself. You're going to know, oh, does it feel really sexy for me to like pose here and take this nude right now? Fuck yeah, it does. So I'm going to do it. 
does it feel good for me to eat this piece of cake? Yeah, it does. So I'm going to do it. Does it feel good for me to not eat this piece of cake? Yes. So I'm not going to. It's like when you have that deep connection and awakening within yourself and your relationship with yourself, it's like everything else just takes care of itself. And that has a hundred percent been my journey. Um, like two and a half, three years was when I really dedicated, turned my life over, dedicating it to my work with pleasure. And what I've learned in that reflection, like reflecting on that decision is like, pleasure is just the ultimate catalyst to bring you closer to yourself, right? It's connecting you to your, your epicenter as a woman, your womb, your divine feminine. And like, what is the most truest version of yourself, especially as a woman, is your divine feminine. And so knowing that I was embarking on what was going to like expedite my spiritual awakening without even under truly understanding the power of pleasure and that type of like womb healing and connection. Um, like I had no idea what I was doing when I stepped into pleasure three years ago. I'm just someone who's always had like a really high sex drive and like been a little freaky and wanted to explore certain things. And so I had no idea that in doing the and really giving myself permission to think into that part of myself that I had always shamed myself for in the past, that I was actually embarking on what was going to completely change the rest of my life and what would help me change the lives of thousands of women. I, when you were first telling your story, I was just like, this is so crazy because um, so I went to undergrad, wanted to be a doctor as well. My senior year of college abandoned all medical stuff and yep. was like, what the fuck do I do now? Um, yeah. And like, I knew I wanted to be a healer and that's all I knew. Mm. Just like the word, I want to be a healer, but I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, and I also, also 22, got the hit that I was going to San Diego and that was my plan. No one supported my decision. <laughs> And I also went to San Diego, but it's it's funny because I think our stories with going to San Diego were were slightly different, but it was like i I just felt like it made no quote rational sense, but I was like, no. I just have to pack my car up and i'm yeah. I'm going there, yeah, and that's the thing too. like I talk to so many women now who are like oh i I need to move i I need to get out of this town, whatever, and I never project like my past experience onto them. But really, if I, I wanted to, I could be like needing to and wanting to like, that's, you just got to fucking do it. Like I, there was nothing that made sense of like, okay, this is a safe time, Michaela, for you to move across the country. I had no money. I had credit card debt. I had no job. I had no place to live. I just literally trusted that I mean, even my cat, who today's her birthday, by the way. Happy birthday to Winnie. She's sitting right here. She <laughs> was like the, yeah, the, the love of my life at the time. And even still, she's like my baby. Um, I left her back in Pittsburgh because I was like, I can't bring her with me until I have my living situation figured out. And that was even like so hard for me. But it's like, it, this sounds so silly, but I'm like, this is how like parents feel when they like go do things for like they make sacrifices that don't maybe don't make sense to their kids at the time, but they're like doing it for the betterment of their children. I was like, I'm creating a better life for Winnie, <laughs> which is so dumb. She's a cat. Right. But I mean, really like, because I was willing to be sad and leave her behind for two months, like 
I just, I created a whole new life for myself. And eventually I brought her out and I, I joke like Winnie's the most traveled cat on the planet. Like she's been all over the country with me. And um, now we live here in Phoenix, Arizona, but it's just like, it, like going back to what we said, it made absolutely zero sense for me to go to San Diego other than it was what I was supposed to do. And even during the two week time frame of when I made that decision, I was moving to when I actually did, I did, I would go back and forth of like, oh, is this really what I should be doing? I'm regretting my decision. Did I just make a complete huge fucking mistake? But then what would happen is that I would get into the biggest blowups with my parents or my sisters. And it would, it created an environment that I was so miserable within that it was like, I had to get out. And that's something I coach people on now. It's like, we get to either listen and trust and surrender or we get to ignore the call and the universe is going to keep fucking up, fucking with you till yes. you're so uncomfortable and so miserable that you have no choice but to make the move, whatever the quote unquote move is that you're meant to, to make at that point in your life. Like yes, when you're meant to learn a lesson, when you're meant to do something like there's, you can't avoid that. You can't fuck it up. Like you're going to keep being presented with things that ultimately push you to making the move anyways. So you can never make a mistake. You can never go wrong. But if you listen the first time, it's a, a much more um, enjoyable process. <laughs> Definitely. And I, I always share my story around leaving. And that's, that's kind of the journey that started with San Diego is kind of why I started this podcast. Because for me, I got to San Diego and it was immediately like, I don't want to stay here. Like mm. I've driven 45 hours and this isn't my place. Mm. Um, and I, in driving to San Diego, I fell in love with New Orleans and figured wow. out my, my place. I, I figured out that I wanted to do like neuroscience and that's what I was passionate on the drive. And like neither one of those, like the move to New Orleans and doing neuroscience, neither one of those things were at all on my radar before. Mm. I left and thought I was going to move to San Diego. So I think it's like just trusting when you hear that call that, you know, yep. maybe it's not what you think it's going to be, but yeah. you're being called away or called yes. to a different place for a reason yes. to learn something. Yeah. I mean, I only lived in San Diego for a year and I moved because same thing. It was just such a clear no for me. And I've now been in the Phoenix area for three years now. And it has, it, it's just been amazing. It's been the most incredible environment to support my growth and like, oh my gosh, the, I, I, it's hard to sometimes wrap my head around all the ways in which I've changed and expanded and grown in the last three years. And it was like, okay, you're meant to be in Phoenix because that's the environment that's going to support that for you, where you're going to feel safe, where you're going to feel comfortable to do all the things that you're meant to do. As had I tried to embark on this journey, I think in San Diego, where it just wasn't a fuck yes for me to be there, um, you know, because I could have stayed. Like my ego wanted me to stay to prove to my parents that yes. I made the right choice to to move to San Diego. Like I love, I told everyone how much I loved San Diego the entire year that I lived there, and I hated it. Like it, I was miserable, but I was not about to admit to anyone that I maybe shouldn't have moved to San Diego, right? Because again, that's also not true. I was definitely meant to move to San Diego, but it ultimately led me 
to being here in Phoenix, which, you know, required me to swallow my pride and be like, I'm, I'm going to leave. Like, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to, where I know absolutely no one, I'm going to give it another shot, build my life from the ground up again and see if I like it better. And it was the absolute best decision I ever made. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just reminiscing on New Orleans and I'm definitely in this, I, I guess I've been in Boston for two months and in this journey kind of coming here from New Orleans, like New Orleans, like my soul belongs there. Mm. Like I, I'm going to go back there and the move to Boston has been hard, but I'm like, so just in a chapter of trust myself, yeah. like trusting this chapter that I'm supposed to be in Boston right now. And I don't know, you just never know how everything's going to unfold. And it's just, no, it's a crazy journey. And I was listening to a meditation this morning on forgiveness. And one thing that the narrator, if you will, kept saying was like, there are literally no mistakes, right? Like in the 3D, we believe in like right and wrong, good and bad, all that stuff. But it's like, truly, there are no mistakes. Because when you surrender to like your soul's greater purpose and like the divine timing and plan of everything, even if quote unquote, it was a bad decision to move to Boston, which I'm not saying it is, I trust that it's an amazing decision for you and you're going to find so much love and happiness and fulfillment there but even if it ends up being a total flop right like it's still it, it's meant to be a part of your story and your path for a purpose for a divinely inspired reason and so therefore it can't be a mistake like if it's happening it can't be a mistake because if it wasn't supposed to happen it just it wouldn't be happening but we we our brains our human brains love to find reason in everything and sometimes there isn't like there's no rational reason behind anything. It's just, it was supposed to happen. And so therefore it's like not a mistake. There are no mistakes. Yeah, girl. I live in such a crazy dichotomy. I, I like with neuroscience and spirituality, mm -hmm. they're related, but right now I'm actually, I'm actually working at Harvard. So it's like the most dichotomy. Yes, I can imagine. It is, it is so funny and interesting to exist in, but yeah, just keep, keep on following yeah. <laughs> but I think it also will give you a really good understanding of like all the ways in which our brain plays tricks on us and takes you away from let's say like leading from your heart and soul and so you get to be in a really unique position of educating people on that of like no that's just what your brain's wired to do for you it's what it's like supposed to do that's not actually what your soul's telling you so um, yeah. Yeah, it's, de it's definitely been, it's definitely been very aligned. And like the main project I'm working on is related to how early life trauma kind of like leads mm. to depression, um, yeah. biological mechanisms with that. So it's so real, <laughs> very real <laughs> Talk about that forever. <laughs> Next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we've kind of kind of started to dive into that, but I've, I'd love to kind of talk a little bit more about self-love and then kind of mm. freedom. So yeah. as far as self-love, like what really, what really is self-love and what were some of the components that you kind of worked with? Because I feel like the term self-love is just like so like overdone down. and it's yeah. like, what does that really mean? Right. To me, anything involving love, you know, any commercialized term that people want to put attached to love, I'm like, yeah, but if it's not unconditional, I'm not fucking buying it. And so in anything 
like whether it's with yourself or other people or whatever, it's like self love. <laughs> if it, you want it to mean anything, it gets to be unconditional love that you're just giving to yourself, especially because we as human beings, we're light and dark, right? Like our shadow side, our demons, the, the underworld of ourselves, it exists and it's there. And if you really want to elevate yourself and, and find any real peace or healing within yourself, you get to face the darkest parts of yourself. You get to um, explore your shadow and the really ugly bits of yourself and if you don't have unconditional love for yourself when you're exploring that, you're going to judge yourself. You're going to think you're a piece of shit human. You're going to, you know, just go into this whole pity party of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been this person. I'm so terrible, blah, blah, blah. And that's why most people don't ever face their shit because they're scared of what they're going to find and they're not equipped to handle it because they don't have that unconditional self-love. Me, I can look at myself in the mirror now and be like, yo, you were a raging bitch today. Like, what the fuck were you doing? And in the same breath, I'm like, yo, but I love myself. Like, I, that doesn't make me think I'm any less worthy, any less beautiful, any less kind, any less loving. Like, it just, it's like, I'm a human. I had this not so great human experience today. I get to own own my shit. Like, who do I need to make amends with? Like, where did I project this bitchiness onto and where do I get to make it right? So that's a big thing for me too is like, and I, it's necessary on anyone's journey of self-love is taking accountability for all the ways in which you're not living from a place of love, living from your heart. Um, and another piece that why a lot of people don't do it, why a lot of people don't find that self-love is because it does it requires accountability and our egos don't want us to take accountability. So there, I've had so many instances where I've said something out of a reaction or that wasn't nice or cause my shadow side, I can be so mean. Like I can be, if I let myself, you want me to like make, <laughs> I can make you feel if I wanted to like so bad about yourself or whatever, but I, I don't let myself go there, but I know that that darkness lives within me if I were to let it come out. And so sometimes that will rear its ugly head in conversations, or I'll say something um, that I really wasn't fair for me to, or, or I shouldn't have and quote unquote shouldn't have, um, you know, which just was unnecessary. And you know, we can't take back our words, but we get to own up to them. And so I'm the first person to swallow my pride and go apologize and be like, I'm so sorry. I, that was really unfair for me to say, I understand that this more than likely hurt your feelings and caused them the conflict between us because I then triggered you and you were coming at me with the reaction and all that stuff. Like, I understand that, uh, you know, what I said kind of started all of it. And, and, that type of accountability, you can't take that accountability if you don't have that unconditional self-love because you're just going to think that you're the worst human being ever if, if you really own up to all the ways in which you're shitty sometimes. Um, and my journey has been 
long to get to this place. We'll just say that. Like I had a lot of pure self-hatred growing up, right? Like I wasn't raised in an environment that fostered my own self-confidence, my own self-love. And then I was exposed to a lot of bullying throughout school. Like I, I can vividly remember when I was eight years old in literally third grade was the first time I can consciously remember being called fat. And it just continued from there forever. Like, you know, I was, I've always been a curvy, thick girl. And, you know, before it became cool, like everyone called thick chicks fat, right? Like I, my body, my body type has not changed my entire life. But for some reason, for the first 22 years of my life, it made me fat. But now, you know, it makes me like super thick and my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, shit like that. And it's just, it's like nothing about me changed. It's just people's perception changed. And, um, you know, I grew up in the era where I was fat and, and I never was, but I didn't understand that. And I didn't have the foundation to be able to recognize that this isn't about me, that I'm not actually fat, that I'm beautiful, that all those things, um, that this is really just about them. And so I can remember looking at myself in the mirror and literally going over to the toilet portion of my bathroom growing up and like throwing up because I felt so sick, not because I had like an eating disorder where I was forcing myself to throw up, but that's actually how nauseous I felt in my body looking at myself in the mirror. And that's a type of like self-hatred that I don't know if a lot of, it's, it's like hard to explain to people unless you've felt it. And I certainly don't hope that anyone's ever felt it, but that's really how deep all of that ran for me. And um, finding that didn't really shift until I was introduced to the world of personal development when I was you know, 20 years old. And even then it was like very surface level because I was still so fixated on my health and wellness, but that's only focusing on the physical. And I think we both know that you can do all the work on the physical you want, but if you're not getting to what's actually broken mentally or emotionally or spiritually, doesn't matter how much weight you lose. Doesn't matter how big your ass is. Doesn't matter how big your tits are, like how small your waist is or whatever ideal ideals we place on body types. Like it, it doesn't matter if you ever achieve that or if you have perfect health because in your mind, you're still going to think that there's something wrong. And so I was surface level conditioning myself to love myself and honor my body through the food that I'd eat and the supplements I'd take and all that stuff. But again, it wasn't until like two, three years, I'd say three years ago at this point, cause I've been in Phoenix for three years now, three years ago when I dove headfirst into pleasure that I understood self-love, like true self-love, like not just surface level, but getting into the depths of it because what it allowed for me to do is just connect so deeply to my soul and the parts of myself that I didn't even know existed and connect to 
just the true spiritual calling over my life and like how divinely inspired we as humans really are. And I think just once you're able to tune into that and have that knowing and understand how much bigger, how, how much bigger this world and universe and our souls are beyond just like this surface level worldly shit. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I have so much more love for myself and it's so unconditional because like, look at, look at what my soul's actually doing here on earth. Right. Like I have that same conversation when people ask me like, well, how does the universe and your crystals and all that stuff play into your relationship with God? And it's like, but once I had that understanding that God created all of this, and this is my belief system, God created all of this and created the tools that create all the magic available to us as humans, that didn't make me like want to worship a separate entity. It made me be like, holy shit, like look how powerful God is. Look how much more I love him now because look at what he's created. And it's like the same thing with my relationship with myself. Like once I understand just such a larger level of how much magic is available within me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love myself so much more. Look at what's available and what I can do that lives within me. Like that's, that's how I got to unconditional self-love and allowed me to really face myself head on and, and taking accountability and facing my shadow and all that stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, it all comes back to pleasure. Definitely. And I, I resonate with a lot of that so much. And I, I think so many people kind of get started in the personal development space with the body. Like mm -hmm. it's like your lead. It's into easy. It. Yep. And, and then you just like, you realize that it's so much more than yes. that. And I think with me, I, I also experienced a lot of bullying and I'm seriously just holding space for you and your bullying because it was, it was tough, man. I oh, did so hard. Mine didn't start till high school, but it was like very extreme. It was really extreme, like slut shaming and like mm. rumors and like yep. me crying in bathrooms. Yep. And I can just remember it. And it was, it was horrible. And mm -hmm. it, it had such a lasting impact on me throughout college and really for years until I looked at the fact of how much that bullying had an impact on me yeah. and self-confidence. And for me, I, I'm definitely a perfectionist and I guess I would say recovering perfectionist, yeah. but I, I place so much of, I could be loved if I have the perfect body, I have the perfect mm. job, the perfect grades, if, um, you know, if I'm the chill girl, if I don't voice my opinions, if, mm. I, keep it, if I keep it cool all the time, if I'm fun, then, then I'm okay. And I think for me, when I had certain things in my life that made me like, like a little tick down on the confidence level, I just felt so bad about myself. Yeah. Yep. And I think for me, it was like a really big unraveling of like, wow, my, my worth is tied in everything, but actually who I am. Yes. And this kind of unraveling of like, wow, I thought I had to be perfect. And I thought I had to be all these things going back to safety, to be safe, to be loved. Mm. 
and that's not true at all. And now I get to see who I really am. Yeah. And like you said, I, I think pleasure has been so healing. And then when you get connected to your purpose, it's like, I, I just have so much love and light so, yes. to give to the world. Yeah. It's I'm like, wh- you can't tell me shit. Like, what are you talking about? Do you not understand? Like, my purpose here, I actually just had this conversation with one of my girlfriends because it landed in my brain today, like four hours ago. I was just like, because she's been telling me that I'm a priestess for years. Like she, right? But it's like not just, I wasn't like giving myself over to the vibes and, you know, the calling of being a healing priestess here on earth. But I just, it had, I had the hit yesterday of like, okay, I'm surrendering to this. And then today I was just like, I called her and I was like, Marlis, I just have to share my download with you really quick. Like I have just come into the knowing that like, I, I am not, my soul's purpose is so specific. I'm like, I'm like fucking Liam Neeson over here. I have such a specific set of skills that God equipped me and my soul with that I'm not put in people's lives by accident. I'm just not. I'm not placed in anyone's path by random. And I trust that like I'm meant to learn from other people as well. But I'm like, if God is putting me in your life, whoever you are, it is because he's presenting you with the opportunity to experience healing and to be held in unconditional love while doing so. Because that, that is my purpose here on earth. I'm so connected to it. I'm so connected to my soul's work here. And that's to bring people healing and holding them in the space of unconditional love, which, you know, most people don't know what that feels like. It's hard for them to accept because they think someone's good. Like I'll, I could call someone out and be like, yo, you're being a, a shitty person right now. You're being an asshole. Look at how you just showed up. And I, that's not going to make me think any less of them. That's not going to make me want to not be around them. That's not going to make me feel less invested. That's not going to make me feel like, I have to run away to protect myself because I can hold the space for them to be in their shittiness because I face my shittiness every single day and I still love myself and I can love other people's selves, even in their light and their dark. And so I just know that, you know, if I'm being placed in someone's life, it's like God's giving them the opportunity to heal. And I'm so connected to that purpose that like, it just, it increases that self-love, like the love I have for myself. And it's just, it's unshakable because I'm, like you said, so connected to my soul's purpose. I think when you're connected to that too, it's, it's just like no time for the bullshit. It's like, (laughs) it's like, I've got, you know, I've got this mission on this earth and there's no, I don't have time for this like stupid, this stupid bullshit. Like, no. (laughs) like I don't I mean people even the way I date like I don't do surface level conversation like if I if you can't talk to me about the depths of your soul and the universe and God and all these things I'm like I don't want it and another thing with that too is like I don't text so this person that I've you know been in a relationship if you will for the last four months we don't text like ever Instead, we spend hours on FaceTime with each other every single day and have these beautiful, wonderful conversations. And I'm and up at like prior to him as well, it's like those are the men that I attract because 
that's the boundary I set. That's what I call in um, because I don't do surface level stuff. So like even, even something as simple as how I communicate, I haven't talked, talked to a man who is like a big texture in like a year and a half. Every single man, since I set that clear cut boundary, every single man that's come into my life, they are FaceTimers because it's just like, that's, I'm so clear on it. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, it's just, there's no time for the surface. Completely, completely. And oh, I'm just, I feel like I'm just like receiving all of this and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we fucking matter. We're doing big shit in the world. <laughs> I just feel so empowered from this conversation and just just even more excited about what Yay. yes this. exactly how I want to feel <laughs> I received that too I'm like let me let that go through my body right now like I feel I just feel excited for us I feel so good for us. yes but kind of relating to the self-love piece and I, I think we kind of touched on the body too how mm. How did that all play into finding pleasure and sexual freedom and what has kind of been your journey with sexuality? That I've had to really expand um, because sex was not talked about in my household, which I think it's often not in many people's households. And even when it is, I find that, again, it's taught to us on the very surface level 3D presentation of what sex is right like oh we'll have the sex talk so people can feel safe and informed in things like body parts or diseases or unplanned pregnancies or whatever but it's like those things are important and sex is so much bigger than just an orgasm or having someone inside of you or whatever. Like it's, it's so spiritual. It's such sacred energy. Uh, it's truly like the coming together of two souls. And like, I just never had that education of the energy of sex growing up. And um, so I struggled with like releasing that shame and even now, like, especially now me as a Christian, sometimes I still have to have that conversation with myself. And I get asked this question all the time when I'm on the phone with clients is like, Michaela, how do you justify, you know, your, your love and expression in your body while like subscribing to be a Christian and all those things. And, you know, because sex is bad, your sex, sex before marriage is immoral. And really, and this is where I think people, um, if you're just buying mainstream anything, you're missing out, truly. And Christianity is the same way. Like if all you're buying is mainstream Christianity, you're missing out because God is so much more uh, magical than I think a lot of people like to think that he is. And, um, and again, this is just my belief system. I'm just, you know, sharing for me. Uh, but <laughs> this is, I'm like, okay, so we're taught to by mainstream Christianity that quote unquote sex is bad, don't have sex before marriage, it's immoral. I look at that and think, 
what actually happens when you have sex with someone is you create soul ties. And God knows that that can leave you permanently connected to a person for the rest of your life. And if you end up not with that person, then it can cause conflicts and issues in your future relationships down the road. So rather than trying to punish you or say that you're not supposed to be doing something that feels good or, you know, withholds you from pleasure, it's like, no, you're actually being protected because we're not being taught about all the energetics that go into sex. But God knows that, but that's not being portrayed to the people, you know, here down on earth. And so the same way, like I've had to go through that process in many things relating to my body and pleasure and just my own sexual awakening over the last few years is looking so far beyond what I was taught and what I was conditioned to believe about showing my body, um, loving my body, expressing my body in the way that feels true, uh, teaching women about sex, openly talking about sex toys, self-pleasure having sex with another person, like all these things. Like I really had to come into the truth, all of those things, rather than what was taught to me about all of those things in order to embrace it and to, to stand confidently behind them, if that makes sense. Did I even answer your question? Definitely. Okay. And yeah, I, I think... I think with all of that, for for me personally, it's like different steps of, you know, like wanting to be able to say talk about like a sex toy or something like mm-hmm. that on Instagram and then it being like, oh no, like that, what does that say about you? But it's yeah. like the truth of self-pleasure is that like I, I can't even explain how I feel after and how much oh. better I feel like I, about everything. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this, like just gaining permission and like the courses that we've been in together have given me the most motherfucking permission. And so I've been so much more vocal about self-pleasure and sex toys and all those things on my page. And I've recently been sharing like, y'all don't even understand everything that you get to consume from me is birthed through self-pleasure. All of it. You are consuming all the fruits of my self-pleasure. Because that is where all of my best ideas, all my course ideas come from, all my business ideas, all my best content ideas. It's like self-pleasure is like my place of worship. It's like my place where I go to connect to the deepest, most intimate, sacred parts of myself. And pleasure is like the most potent energy of creation. Like it just is. And so like thinking it's like a no brainer, what gets birthed and created through giving yourself permission and access to pleasure and self-pleasure and tuning into it intentionally that way, rather than just being like, oh, I want to have a quick orgasm, which again, no big deal. Sometimes I'm like, oh shit, I'm really horny. I just like want to make myself come really quick. Like that's fine too, but you get to see the depth of all these things like I always say variety is the spice of life so if you like sometimes it is just about a quick orgasm but also sometimes it's like you get to dig deeper and you get to witness the depths of all these things and 
give yourself access to what's available to you through those those depths. So kind of going back to what you said about soul ties, like with past partners and everything, have you had the experience of, you know, having sex that wasn't meaningful and how has for people that are maybe listening that don't know what crystal wands are, like how has mm. using that kind of helped in your sexual healing and like pleasure practices after yeah. realizing that? Oh my gosh. That's... <laughs> so I didn't start not having sex with people that weren't uh, a fuck yes for me until the last like say year. And I'm 26 years old. So I had like 25 years. Well, I mean, okay, I wasn't having sex all 25 years of my life. I, I lost my virginity very young. I was 14 years old. So I had 11 years of sexual activity where it was not a fuck yes for me. It wasn't a safe environment for me, except for my three-year relationship that I was in during college. That was truly like the most safe, and loving um, relationship I've ever been in. And I'm so grateful that I have that example to look back. But I experienced something like that so young that I can now look back on and be like, this is what a safe, loving relationship looks like and feels like. And, you know, it didn't work out for specific reasons. And I get to, you know, shift what I'm looking for based on that. But truly at the core of it, like it was love and it was safety and it was, you know, beautiful for both of us. And so, but apart from that, it's like everyone else I had sex with was either an unhealthy relationship or, you know, me being in the energy of, oh, I'm just going to get my, my hotation. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the one in power. I'm going to play these boys. They're not going to play me. I'm going to have them on speed dial, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's not healthy energy to have to come to sex with either. And so even if it was, I want to do this right now, like this, this is a yes for me in my body. Like I want to have sex with this person. The energy behind it was not aligned, was not good for me. Um, and fast forward to me kind of using my crystal. So a crystal wand, I'm like, if I had it near me, I'd literally pull it up and show everyone, but I, I don't. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just leave it hanging around my house. Like you never freaking know. You're, you're um, messy. You're messy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I went off. I was like, that's the thing too. Some people on Instagram, they'll be like, oh, I can't say that. I don't want to risk offending my followers or losing them. I don't give a shit. Like if y'all are annoying me, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Like, I love you, but you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, but, um, Instagram's your sacred space. You it know? is. It is my sacred space. And I get to show up a hundred percent in my truth. And guess what? All the people who messaged me that I told them to go fuck themselves, they all still follow me. Cause like, that's just, that's how it works. Like, you know, you, you attract what's for you, but, um, and if they did unfollow me, like, it's totally fine, too. Like, I'm unattached. But my, so your crystal wand, it's just so much more sacred and intentional. I feel like that's a big word of this conversation, intentional with pleasure. Because not only are you taking away all the uh, 
battery powered stimulus that we are so conditioned to feel within our body and really tuning into what is just one thing like this one crystal that has no other powers to it beyond just what I, the motion I give it, what does that really feel like within my body? And you get to tune into that and retrain your body to accept pleasure in that way and give yourself pleasure in that way. And also it has the healing properties of the crystal, which is like beautiful. So, you know, I, there's always like pros and cons to everything. And I've seen things online of like, don't have a rose quartz crystal. Don't have a quartz crystal. They're so porous. They're fragile, whatever. But I'm so just like a junkie for heart activation and love and all that stuff that I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to have one anyways. And when it's no longer meant to be mine, like I trust that. So like my rose quartz crystal is my staple for every self-care practice. And sorry if you can hear the sirens outside my house. They're like flying by right now. Okay. Okay. Good. (laughs) Um, But it's like, so I use it to be so intentional in my self-pleasure practices. Like I use it for like when I'm moving the crystal within me and it's like, I'm able to tune into the fact that it's going directly to my womb, to my heart. And I'm able to like, I, I truly visualize like the walls of my vagina being infused with love, with safety, with all these things that I'm affirming for myself that like my womb space gets to know, right? Because that's where our, our divine feminine lives. That's where our inner knowing lives. So she gets to know all these things about myself too. And so I speak to her directly in combination with the power of the crystal wand, which um, is literally just like imagine a thick block of crystal. I don't know how it's like, imagine like a, a mini penis shaped crystal, if you will, like to give your listeners an idea of what it is. Um, I'll post and, pictures later. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, figure that out. But it's, it's just so much more spiritual. And like, I use it in, um, I'm sure you've done this practice as well. That truly like changed my freaking life like vaginal dearmoring, releasing trauma through, a, you know, using a crystal within your vagina. And it's like, I never understood until it actually, until I accepted it and it happened to me that like we house so much trauma within our womb, within our pussy. Like, and that's why women feel like they can't have an orgasm or, you know, sometimes like, they feel numbness, they feel pain, they, they feel all these things that aren't pleasurable when having sex either with themselves or a partner. And like my first thing is like, you're holding on to so much trauma and emotion and that's blocking your access to pleasure. And so my wand is like, anytime I'm in a self-pleasure practice and I feel an area of pain, after I gift myself an orgasm, I immediately go back with my wand and I dig into that area. And even if I know like whether I'm transported back to that past memory or not, I just trust like I'm releasing the tension and the emotions and the trauma 
that's being stored here right now within my body. And being able to do that and using my crystal wand has been instrumental in releasing old belief systems and old trauma and everything that I've just been holding on to, right? Because I can do the mental programming, I can recondition my brain, but our bodies are so smart and wise and they hold on to everything. So even if it's no longer stored in my thought processes, nine times out of 10, it's still going to be stored in my body as an emotion or a past event or something like that. And so getting in there and doing that type of manual work, if you will, with a crystal wand, it allows you to gift yourself access to pleasure, but also release so much of what's blocking your access to pleasure. And it's like, it's a, in my, my pleasure intensive course, it's required. Like no one was allowed to enter that course without a crystal wand because it's like, that is, you want to come here for healing. You get to have healing with a crystal wand. Like that's how it happens. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I, I think in all of that, I think the phases of kind of, I guess like healing your sexuality, like I think everyone kind of, it's like you go through the phases of like when you were saying in the beginning where you're like, I'm going to go into this quote, like a man and like have all the power and like go into it like that. And I think everyone, like we go through the stages until we get enough signs that, Oh, this, this doesn't feel good or this isn't working for me. And I think in the last year I was like really in that place and I like I was just so shut off sexually from all the bullying that I got Mm. in in high school and then when I reclaimed even being able to have an orgasm because I hadn't I didn't have one I think until I was like 22 or yeah 22 and when when I reclaimed that it was it was so beautiful and I just wanted to you know do everything yes yes (laughs) And um, now I'm really in a place where I'm, I actually, a week ago, just ordered my first crystal wand. So I haven't, I haven't gotten to try it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for you. It'll rock my world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, cause we, like I've been through, when I first learned what to do and how to use the crystal wand and all that stuff and what's available to me through vaginal de-armoring, I was like, in my brain, I understand this. Like I'm, I can understand and comprehend what you're telling me is going to happen. But it wasn't until I had my first experience where like I was digging into, I, I like had myself pleasure practice. I gave myself an orgasm, but I was like, Hmm, there's this spot up by the left side of my cervix that like felt really painful. So let me go dig there. And as I was like digging and releasing and, 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 you know, intentionally working in that spot with my wand, I was like, my whole being was transported back to when I was, let's see, how old was I when I, I was 20, 20 when I got my IUD, I was literally back on the table in my gynecologist's appointment uh, or in her office about to get my IUD. And I could hear her saying like, okay, this is going to be in three steps. We're going to clean the area. We're going to measure the area. And then the last one is the last big cramp is the insertion. And it's like I relive the entire experience and I was like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense that this was so traumatic for me because, um, what I'm sure, I don't know if you know, but I'm sure your listeners don't know is that my IUD 
caused so much trauma and dysfunction within my body. I, ugh, whole, I could, that could be a whole other podcast episode in and of itself, but I, it just, it completely fucked my hormones. It completely knocked my body out of balance. And I spent years recovering natural, like taking my body through a natural healing process um, from that IUD. And so having that experience where I was like, oh my gosh, like, and that's another thing why the crystal is so beautiful. It's like, it makes you remember, makes you realize stuff that was actually really traumatic for you that you didn't even process was traumatic. That is blocking you in some way. And so when that happened, I was like, oh damn, that actually was really traumatic for me. And it was the start of a cascade of a really traumatic period of time for me and, and dysfunction in my body and unhappiness and pain and all that stuff. And I'm like, no, duh, that's being stored and blocking my access to pleasure. And so, I mean, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of what it will do for you on your own, like Yoni healing journey. Yeah. I am so excited. I've been wanting to get one since May and just have been like searching and waiting and like mm-hmm. just, I don't know what I've been waiting for. I've been yeah. like, like craving it, like yes. needing it. And it for me, it got to the point where I was actually like using my using my vibrator, and it I just don't want it. I don't want to use it anymore. No, like Mm-mm. I'm just like kind of done with it. Yeah, um, it it just feels like, and it feels like too. Once I start using it, it's like once this once my pussy has experienced a crystal, a rose quartz crystal, you best believe there's not any any funky ass dick going to <laughs> Oh my gosh, no. And that's, you know, it's funny, like you saying, oh, we go through those stages of like, um, you know, not being connected and then wanting to connect our sexuality to everyone because we want to experience it and have that power and whatnot. And it's like, there's the next step. And this is like where I'm at, like, nobody gets access to me in that way. Like, no one. I'm like, I keep my shit clean and pristine like energetically like there is just because I have that deep understanding of like if this is you know a fuck no if this is not a fuck yes for me then guess what that's gonna be stored literally in the epicenter of my being right where my divine feminine and my soul lives within my body and that is just not like I can't I can't do that I can't unknow that that's what's going to happen and then put myself in the situation to allow it to happen to myself. Like I, I can't do it. And so, yeah, I'm just now like beyond the, the st- and I think it's important for everyone to go through the steps and the stages. Like I have, you know, crazy stories and fun stories. And I certainly feel like I've lived a very sexually fulfilling life and not that having sex with a lot of partners um, or having a number of experiences gives you a fulfilling sex life but like you know I have some fun stories to reminisce on when I'm 80 and gray um but now I'm just like so confident in myself and my sexuality and the true gift that giving access to someone with me sexually is that it's like I just I don't I don't feel the need to like compete to say oh I had sex you know last night like and, and feel, um, yeah, like I'm in the, the power grab with, let's say, someone I'm talking to or dating or whatever. Like, it's just, 
it's non-existent for me. I'm so much more concerned with like my own karma and my own energy and my own shit that like, I don't care what anyone else is doing. I know what this would do for me. And if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. And I'm not trying to bring on anything energetically that's a fuck no for me. Completely. And I, I think that like brings up two things for me where I think for a while in this journey, like I literally, I was so shut off for such a long time. I didn't even know what it was like to be horny. So mm. I mistook, mistook, is that a, is that a word? Yeah. I mistook being horny for it being an emotional, yes, I'm safe here. I thought Ooh. that just because I'm horny, I feel safe in this. Mm. That like wasn't the case. And I think yeah. I'm really realizing like, oh, I can feel horny and it's still not a yes with this person. Yep. Yes. And with getting the crystal wand too, I think a little bit of the delay with me has been like um, almost the fear of like, oh, do I still want to like fuck around? Do I still want to fuck around? It's valid though. Totally. And I've, I've already fucked around a little bit. So yeah. it's, it's just kind of, um, kind of just stopped working for me. And like you said, it's this feeling of like, I am so much in my sexuality brings so much more than just like my body. Oh and my gosh. Yes. Like it's this whole energy. It's this whole thing. And if you Your don't essence. Yeah. And if you don't respect all of it, then I don't want you here. You're not welcome. Yep. yep. So, so good. And a pro tip to anyone listening guess what? You actually end up having the best, craziest, freakiest, most connected sex ever once you dive in, once you have partners that understand and honor and value like true sacred sexuality. Um, because otherwise it's just, you know, it's surface level. Like we said, how we're taught sex and there's just something so beautiful and truly the best sex of my life that's come from having partners that understand the energetics and honor the energetics and honor my body and worship my body the same way that I worship theirs and just, oh, the, right. And I'm speaking from my perspective, which is I'm a heterosexual woman. So like I have sex with men, but it's just, there's something so sexy and beautiful and magical about just like this worship of me worshiping a man's body and a man's a man worshiping my amazing goddess feminine beautiful woman body right like it's just there's it's so it's oh, it's like making me hot and bothered just thinking about it but even little things like that like that's oh, the energy of pleasure is just so potent and when you when you tune into sacred sexuality like I was able to just infuse my entire body with the energy of pleasure at a moment's notice and it's because I'm so dialed into like the true energy behind sex yes I like I have not had that connected like god sick. it's coming for you sister I believe. Like, uh, like you said just just thinking about it like I cannot yeah. wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need it yes you deserve it. <laughs> oh my God. So the last thing I just wanted to touch on briefly, if we if we can. Maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm a talker, so. <laughs> no, it's fine. I I am too. I I try to like kind of figure out the timing, but I could talk for like ten years on each. Oh, other. same, same. <laughs> 
but um, I wanted to kind of ask about abundance and kind of Mm. of the mindset shifts you've been having with that and also how that relates to pleasure. Yes. So first things first, pleasure and abundance live on the same energetic frequency. So I have really been affirming very intentionally um, probably over the last six months or so is that every time I allow my body to experience pleasure, I allow myself to experience abundance. And every time I experience pleasure, I'm calling in abundance. And I, I even get like just raunchy with it. And I'm like, every time I feel pleasure, I make money. Like I, I just get so like juicy and hot and dripping with it. We're like, like I'm using my like energetic penis to like dom all this stuff into my life that I want. And, and that's, you know, getting into dark sex energetics, but we can save that for another time as well. Um, but it's really like you get to affirm that and know that, you know, when you expand your ability to experience and receive pleasure, you're expanding your ability to experience and receive abundance. And so I've just been very, very intentional with that and trusting that, right? Like there are coaches out there who are focused on, I teach people how to make money and and that's what it is. I'm like on the opposite spectrum of that. Like, listen, I am a rich bitch. I live in my my millionaire self. I affirm that. I affirm that for every woman who I speak to, who's listening, who consumes my content. Like, you get to live into your rich self. Like, absolutely. I, I'm very tuned into the frequency of money in that way. But it comes from, like, I don't, most of the time, I'm not doing intentional work around money. I mean, I, that's kind of a lie, because I do, I do do intentional work around money, but the majority of my, my own practice is pleasure because I have the trust that in taking that time and connection with myself and deeper deepening that connection with pleasure, I'm working on money at the same time. And so they're not like, they're not separate. Like, yes, sometimes I will go through a, um, a money, um, an abundance meditation, or I'll have affirmations that are very specific while I'm working with my crystal wand to money. Like sometimes I am, yes, very specific with what I'm calling in. But oftentimes it's just me trusting that in me expanding my access to pleasure, that I'm at the same time expanding my access to abundance. And, you know, my life has played out in that way too. Like I, we're in the middle of a freaking pandemic and where the unemployment rate is like through crazy. And so you'd think if you're stuck in scarcity, right, which is the opposite of abundance, you'd think that if you're stuck in scarcity, that no one would be purchasing anything right now. No one would be investing in courses. No one would be spending any money that they don't need to. And yet I've made more money in the last four months than I have in my entire life. And it's like, because I'm so tuned into pleasure, which automatically tunes me into abundance. And I do so much work around those things and rewriting my past money stories and getting out of scarcity and lack and truly living in abundance and trusting myself to live into that abundant self. Like I make decisions of like, does this feel good for me? Right? Cause 
it's also irresponsible to be like, go live as if you're making a hundred million dollars a year. And then you go spend all your money. Like that's not, there is a balance to it, but you get to have that connection with yourself where you're checking into, does this feel good to me? Right? Like sometimes it doesn't feel good to me to unnecessarily spend money. And I trust that. And that's not me being scarce or quote unquote frugal or living by a budget. It's just not a fuck yes for me. So I don't do it. I honor my money in that way. But sometimes like it doesn't make sense of like, why, like, why am I spending $700 on this trip? Like I could get it maybe a month from now way cheaper. And then I'd save, let's say $400. Like, why don't I just wait? But in those moments where I'm like, but going on this trip is such a fuck yes for me right now. And so I get to trust and live into what would my millionaire self do? $700 is nothing to my millionaire self. So guess what? I book the trip and I trust that the money shows up in other ways and it always does and more. I'm always paid back exponentially for my trust that I put in God in the universe. And, and that, that shift for me was only made possible through my work with pleasure. And so, you know, I, I just, I trust that as I continue to expand my own work with pleasure and my connection with my body and all those things, like I'm just going to continue to expand my inner knowingness and my deep connection to abundance at the same time. Yeah. I, I think, I think the abundance conversation, it always gets hard and it's always been something I've struggled with getting out of that mindset because I've, I lived in scarcity for yeah. such a long most, time. Most people do. That it's like, but it, it's like, I'm kind of in a place right now where it's like, I'll have weeks of being abundance and abundant and then fall back into scarcity. Mm. And like kind of with this past eclipse season and everything, like I was literally like, I can't do this anymore. The scarcity mindset, it makes me feel sick. It makes yeah. my body feel like, yeah trauma response like I I like you said it's like you're trying to make a purchase and I I get down to like oh my god if I did this I could save $30 exactly like this is ridiculous like $30 in the grand scheme of my life don't you trust that you can make $30 back and more like in uh, without even a thought right like that's what people get to step into and and there's so much about like the energy around it. Like one thing I used to not, not let myself do because think of how much money I could save if I didn't was getting my nails done. I used to never let myself get my nails done. And then I finally just stepped into it and I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's uh, $100 if not more a month. So, you know, $1,200 a year that I could probably save if I didn't get my nails done but you know what happens when I have my nails done? It's like something shifts with me. Something shifts within my energy and I'm just more myself. I'm when we give ourselves permission to step into some of those quote unquote indulgent purchases, it's really not about the money or the purchase. It's the energetic shift that happens with the purchase. And when that shift happens, you become so radiant and magnetic to all other sources of abundance that you're trying to call in. 
So like, I trust that by me having my nails done when it's a fuck yes for me, that I'm like in the energy of calling in a shit ton of money. And who knows, maybe tomorrow I'll be like, I'm sick of it. I want all my nails off. Like I'm done. That's great too. It's like listening to what is a fuck yes for you and trusting that like the universe and God provides when you stay in alignment with that stuff. Yeah. I think it's like giving yourself those things. It, it, it's like reaffirming the energy of like, Mm -hmm. I'm a queen, I'm a queen with a purpose. And this is like the energy I hold. It's like every time you, you don't second guess those decisions. And for me, it's like massages are like my favorite in the world. And like, I can see myself being like, Oh, I don't like, I don't, I don't need this. And like, if I, I give myself that, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a whole new person now. Like, yep. It's I've had a, my own like massage awakening. It's like, I've never, I've never gifted myself a 90 minute massage ever. I always do 60 always. And I was just like, you know what? My next massage, it's a 90 minuter. And so I was like leaving and I booked and I was like, does she have availability for 90 minutes next time? And they did. And I was like, here I go. I'm, I get to give myself the experience of a 90 minute massage and trusting that that what, like 30, $50, like it's going to be paid back to me times a million, you know, very quickly. Like I just, those are things that I'm affirming and trusting. Completely. And I I think it's just like, I I can definitely, it's funny when we have these conversations, whenever I talk about abundance, I I still hear like the old voices that are just like, because it's always such a hard, it's a hard topic for me because I because there are these, you know, really real constructs in our yes. society yes. that hold people back from making yes. wealth. And it's it's just, I, it's such the balance, but I, I want everyone to feel like they can have this. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like understanding like we're not invalidating anyone's experience. Um, I understand in ways that I am inherently privileged. I understand that even though I have never and probably will never go to my parents for money just because of the own chip I have on my shoulder. I understand. I have the safety net of knowing that if I was ever out on my ass, I could go to them. Like there are so many people in this world who don't have that safety net or, or truly, you know, we're born into a system that does everything it possibly can to prevent them from acquiring wealth. Um, so like you said, so there's that piece of it and I honor that and I acknowledge it and I hold the space for people um, in that way. And I also, I see people so, like I always see the highest potential in people. And what I also believe in the firm is that nobody's a victim, no one. And just like, just because someone is born into a really unfair system doesn't mean that they don't have that same potential and power that was born into them, right? Like it's no longer about the constructs. It's no longer about the systems. It's about the divine power that is your birthright that was gifted to you by God when you were put on this earth. Like that's what I breathe life into for people. And, you know, whether they choose to buy into it or do anything with it or whatever, like that's, ultimately their own soul's journey. Um, 
but like, I just, I believe in everyone's power in that way. And that's not to invalidate the struggle that a lot of people have. It's not to invalidate that, you know, some people are constantly trying to like get ahead and it feels like they never can and all that, right? Like those things are real, but still at the end of the day, I'm going to look at those people and be like, yo, I believe, I see you as a millionaire. I see you as a billionaire. I believe in your power, your individual divine power to be able to make that happen. Um, Cause I just, I, I refuse to sell people short in that way. Like I believe in their ability so much. Yeah. And I think you said that in, in such a great way, in a way that I haven't heard people kind of address it in that way with abundance. And I, I think really when you get down to it, yes, there are the constructs, but if you want to to see your life shift in radically, like in radical ways around money, yeah, you still have to change the you have to and the energetics around money. Yes. for a lot to change. Right? Cuz we're we're both women here. Like so what am I supposed to just buy into the belief that every man on this planet's always going to make three times more money than me? What what energy would I be giving to money? Like what type of ceiling would I be putting on myself if I bought into that belief? And I I just refuse to do it. Like does that take away the fact that women are consistently paid, you know, less than men? No. Does it take away from the oppression that women face every single day at the hands of men? No. All those things are very real, but it's just, what are you going to put your focus on? What do I choose to put my focus on? And I choose to believe that I'm a boss ass bitch that's, you know, can make just as much money, if not more than any man on this planet. Um, do I still have days where I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why, you know, the only reason that these people are making different amounts of money is because one's a man and one's a woman. Like, I still have those moments where I'm like, that's so stupid. Like, what the actual fuck here? But, you know, you get to catch yourself in those moments and reroute your your thoughts and your, your energy and what you're giving your attention to. Because um, I just, I believe in my power and I believe in everyone else's power. Like, you are just way too fucking powerful to be a victim to anything. You just are. I, whether you choose to believe you're worthy of that or not, like it doesn't take away from my belief in that you are. You are worthy of everything you want. You are worthy of everything you deserve, um, of all the beautiful blessings in the world. And that's like true abundance, that there's more than enough to go around for everyone. Like I just, I carry that belief. There's no if. I win, you lose, or if you win, I lose. It's I hold this space for everyone to live into their highest potential, their truest selves, and win. Completely. And I feel like that's like the shift that we're going towards. And the yes. new paradigm is yep. us taking back our power and every yep. single individual realizing how powerful they are despite yeah. the structures that try to make us feel yes. like we aren't. Right. And you're still up against those structures and those structures will do everything in their power to try to minimize you. But guess what? If you ask me who I'm going to bet on the system and the structure or your divinely inspired purpose and power that God infused into your soul when he put you in the human body, guess what I'm going to fucking choose? I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose your soul. Like I believe in you and your power that much. And 
you know, you get to believe in yourself that much. And I think that's what's so beautiful about the path that I've chosen. Like, I understand not everyone has that belief in themselves. I've worked very, very hard to have this belief in myself and to be able to hold that belief for other people. But guess what? I get to, I get to hold that belief for people who don't yet have it for themselves. So while you're figuring it out, while you're on your own process, doing your own healing, I love you enough. This is really stepping into, again, unconditional love. I love you enough to hold that belief for you. Yeah. And I, I feel like that kind of ties like a lot of our conversation together with the love and with the pleasure and the money. And I just, just all of this, like I said, this is one of the longest interviews I've probably recorded. And I could just keep going on. even. <laughs> oh, I could talk forever about this stuff. But that's what's so beautiful is like we get to be in our life's work that fires us the fuck up. That's what everyone deserves. I, I believe everyone deserves to be so inspired and lit up from what they choose to make money from. There's another abundance nugget for you. You get to do what like literally gets you dripping wet, gets you so turned on, what gets you so excited. You get to be filthy fucking rich with it. I, I believe that. I affirm that. It does not have to be this struggle. And it's so, it, that, it, that in itself, it sounds so simple, but it's so radical. So radical. Everyone's so addicted to the struggle and climbing a ladder and all these, again, the structures and the system. It's like, what if you just tuned into what makes your soul say, fuck yes, and believe that you get to make a shit ton of money doing what your soul says, fuck yes to? What about that? try that on. What would that feel like? What would that look like? Yes. All right. I think we're going to end up with that, but yeah. if you guys don't already know, I'm going to put all the links to Michaela's courses, her Instagram, everything. If you guys, I'm sure you guys can already tell by the interview. She's just a badass boss bitch <laughs> that you guys all need to follow and learn from. And I am so excited that you came on the podcast. Oh. Thank you for having me. I love you so much. We definitely get to do this again. I love you too. Hopefully in person. At some yes. Point. Oh, fuck yes. I need to come to Boston. Or you can come to Phoenix, you know, whichever. <laughs> if, they, if they let me out. Of yeah. <laughs> also valid. <laughs> it's like a free world over here. People are just doing whatever the fuck they want. So. <laughs> well, sounds like I need to go. Yeah.